so often throughout the course of history, patriots rise up at a time of need for truth and freedom. These people are called disciples of liberty for their undying love of freedom. The call has been sounded. Will you answer that call or sit back and let freedom die away? Unifying patriots everywhere against the evil trying to destroy America's freedom. You're listening to the Disciples of Liberty radio show on the America Out Loud Network. Now here's your host, Tim Alders. Folks, welcome to the show. We hope you are having a fantastic day. We are here. We are live. We have an old guest, a guest I used to interview all the time while I was syndicated, uh, David Rubin, former mayor of Shiloh, Israel. He's the author of a new book, Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel. He's the founder and president of Shiloh, Israel's Children's Fund, established after he and his three-year-old son were wounded in a terrorist attack. David, it's been a long time. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. Good to be with you. Yes, it's uh, it's it's great to have you here. You know, a lot's going on in America that uh, sort of relates to Israel, and I think that's what your new book's about, how uh, we can take lessons with our Antifa and BLM with what goes on in Israel on a, on a yearly and monthly and daily basis. Well, unfortunately, that's true. Uh, we, we do have our challenges with with the Muslim radicals, and you have your challenges with the radical left. And the the strategies, the tactics that they use are quite similar. The the similarities are are actually frightening. Yeah, it, uh, you know, we've we've had a lot of conversations over the years of uh, what's going on. Israel lives uh, is exists in a part of the country where most of its neighbors wish everybody in Israel was dead. And I'm starting to think that a lot on the left wish conservatives, um, people of faith, people of family were non-existent anymore here in America. It's a, it's a sad spot to be in, but I'm starting to understand more of what uh, Israel has dealt with for decades. Yes, yes, absolutely. That That is the case. That has been the case. And, um, you know, it, it's on a lot of levels. It's... It, it's uh, on the, the, the area of education and, and propaganda, political propaganda, uh, the, the whole concept of peaceful protests. You know, in Israel, in recent days, we, we've had our challenges with uh, what, what is being reported in the West as peaceful protests by the Palestinians, by demonstrations by the Palestinians. And I was just... Uh, uh, reading a report, and it said that uh, there was a Palestinian demonstration in uh, in one Israeli city right near our airport, right near our international airport. And in the, the Palestinians are demonstrating there, throwing rocks, throwing Molotov cocktails. Now, as far as I'm concerned, 
throwing rocks at people's heads, throwing firebombs at people's heads and at people's cars. That's not a demonstration. That's a riot. That is an insurrection. And when when I saw in, in the United States so many times over the past couple of years, in the, these these riots and looting and attacks on uh, government buildings, setting government buildings on fire, setting American flags on fire, setting uh, Bibles on fire, and I, I find it very troubling. And it, it, it shows me that uh, what we're talking about is not a peaceful protest, whether against racism over there in America or whether against, whether in favor of Palestinian rights here in Israel. What we're talking about is insurrection, overthrowing the current system and hurting a lot of people in the process. You know, people like me have been on the radio for a long time. Uh, I started the radio in 2008, and I've been warning people that the left has an agenda to get rid of the United States Constitution. They did not want to recognize that liberties were God-given, that the Bill of Rights were absolute, that they granted us powers that government could never mess with. And they have lined themselves out perfectly, and they utilize um, poorer people— and they get them to do the violence in the streets and everything else to say, look at this inequity. These people have a right to be here in burned cities because look how poorly they have been treated. And, and the people saying this is the government who's treated them poorly for generations. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the, a lot of times uh, when when people are – are looking, you know, to to give handouts. Uh, it's really a matter of control. It's not a matter of caring. And you know, so 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 we're talking about uh, what what we see in America happening is is truly a movement of the left of the of the Marxist left that is looking to control people through handouts and is looking to have thought control. And, uh, you know, the whole concept of the thought police and, and you know, George Orwell's 1984, uh, it's being replayed today. And we're seeing it happen in America, of all places, which is the land of the, of the free. Uh, it's supposed to be the land of dialogue and people talking and discussing things with each other and trying to uh, to come to some understandings. But unfortunately, the far left, the radical left with its, with its uh, what's come to be called cancel culture, is trying to control people's minds. And that's not America. That isn't America the way... Uh, the, way the founders envisioned it, and it's, it's not America that has become the admiration of the entire world. Uh, it's not, certainly not the country that all of those immigrants are trying to get into. Uh, they, they don't want to get into a country where their thoughts are controlled by the government. They don't want to get into a country 
which is Marxist, where they, where they don't have the freedom to pursue their own given professions or careers and, and private initiative. Uh, that's something that made America great. But, but uh, you know, these secular Marxists don't want to allow people to pursue and to, and to achieve. You know, the new administration we have now that stole the White House, in my, you know, very humble opinion of being investigating fraud with the Trump campaign, they're, they're telling everybody that the world looks at them as the saviors of America, that all these nations are happy with the change and with the change of power shifting to the socialist Democrats instead of conservative Republicans. I know you still have lots of contact in Israel and with the uh, uh, Jewish people. What does Israel think about uh, the new regime here in America and what's going on in America? Okay, well, first of all, I live in Israel, uh, so it's not just contact uh, with people, and you know, I I see it all the time. And I, I, I was born in America and in the United States. So I, I, I understand that as well. Uh, so, look, I, I, what's happening in the United States is that the Democratic Party is gradually becoming the Democratic Socialist Party. So what is democratic socialism? You know, it's, it's, it's being uh, presented in the media as something very positive. In fact, 50% of college-age youth now consider democratic socialism to be a positive thing, and they, they view it on a par with capitalism. So why is it? Why is it that they view it that way? Well, they're actually being given a very, uh, they're being victims of a very strong propaganda campaign of the radical left, because there, there is no democratic socialism that actually has worked. And if you, you look at a country like Israel, I, in my book, Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel, I describe Israel's escape from socialism. In 1948, the state of Israel was reestablished again as a sovereign nation. And socialism was the economic system. And it was the economic system for about 35 years. Now, when you have an economic system like socialism, it inevitably impinges on people's freedom because they don't have the right to go ahead and and pursue their dreams. Uh, Yes, uh, there is the right to vote in the democratic socialist system, and it's, it's usually very ethical. The problem is that when you give the government too much power, which is inevitable in the socialist system where the government controls the main means of production, for example, when you give the government too much power, they're going to take advantage. And what we had in Israel was one television station for 35 years. There was only one television station, and it was government-controlled. Secondly, there was only one health fund, only one health insurance plan, and you, you didn't have a right to, to develop any other. Uh, number three, uh, 
people's religious rights were restricted. Uh, they, it was almost unheard of for uh, an officer who holds religious beliefs, who believes in God, who believes in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to go ahead and pursue a military career and, and rise through the ranks. Almost unheard of. Uh, so a lot of things restricted freedom during those socialist years. Well, in the 1980s, uh, with an inflation rate of 445% in Israel, Prime Minister Menachem Begin, in cooperation with President Ronald Reagan, implemented an, a, a, an economic plan to open up the economy in Israel, to open up the free market, to open up the media. And all, all of this happened over a period of a couple of decades. But Israel now has a roaring free market economy, um, the world leader in high tech. And that wouldn't have happened if we didn't do away with socialism, because socialism was a repressive system that didn't allow people to grow, didn't allow people to express themselves, didn't allow people to take private initiative. And, uh, well, Israel is much better for that. And I suggest that Americans pay attention. You know, we, we suggest that all the time. The, the problem with America is... You know, we took God out of our schools and we started teaching socialism instead of the Constitution. And so we have generations of children. I'd say pretty much anybody under the age of 35 in America has been taught that there's a better system called socialism than our constitutional republic and that the government should just provide for you. And it's starting to rebound on anybody who owns a business when people would rather stay home and wait for the next stimulus check from government than actually work or get a job. And, you know, eventually other people's money runs out. A government can't afford to pay people for being non-productive. And this is the problem we have in America today is many of the Americans are non-productive and just on government subsidies. And they are demanding more and more. I mean, people who get free things want more free things. And this is what these riots in Portland and Seattle uh, and California are all about. It's they want, they don't want to work and earn it. They want somebody to give it to them. They want reparations. They want uh, you know, the people who have worked and become successful to share their wealth with everybody else. Now, not everybody gained wealth uh, 100% legally, but uh, just because somebody else does something incorrectly doesn't mean that stealing from them is a correct thing for other people to do. How do we combat uh, an education system that's controlled by the powers that be in Washington, D.C., teaching our children about socialism here in America? Well, uh, as, I, as I explained very clearly in my book, Confronting Radicals, uh, the, the point is that Israel has lessons to share about that. Uh, not just Israel, but Israel in the broader sense, uh, the Jewish people, the Jewish immigrants who came to America in the early part of the 20th century, uh, they encountered a lot of discrimination. They, they, it was persecution. They would, uh, and they came in total poverty, utter poverty, with, with 
only the clothing on their backs. But do you think that they had days of rage? Do you think that they went out and rioted and looted? No, God forbid. Uh, the, the Jews who came to America in the early part of the 20th century went out and worked hard. They, they worked really hard. They worked long hours in sweatshops, uh, the, the garment district. But you know what? The goal was to work hard. And the goal was to get an education, make sure your children get a, a well-rounded education. And eventually they started becoming the managers of these sweatshops and they, they started starting their own business. And that's what led the Jews to be being so successful in America. It certainly wasn't handed to them. They worked hard for it. They worked really hard for it. And there, there are lessons in that. That hard work and perseverance and a little bit of faith, uh, you, you can get really far in a free market system. Um, and you know, if you take away that free market system in America, then there may be some people with the values and they're going to find a way to get ahead one way or another, but everyone else is going to get lost in the shuffle. So uh, you want to encourage a free market system for everybody? Uh, well, you better make sure that you have a free market system uh, that you know where people can work hard and get ahead. Now, David, our the guy sitting in the White House says he is working with uh, foreign leaders that uh, have always been America's allies. There's never been. Uh, an, an ally to America like Israel. Uh, Israel in, in America has been uh, pretty good friends, pretty good allies for generations. Uh, sure, there have been ups and downs. There have been members of political parties who have said we're too close to Israel. We have to stop doing things. And, and we haven't always been been great. We've uh, funded uh, terrorism in the Middle East. We've given people like Gaddafi and uh, Osama bin Laden uh, weapons, and, and we build up their organizations and their people that, that hate Israel. How is the relationship currently with Israel and uh, the United States? Is is Biden reaching out and, and talking and trying to, to find ways to end Middle Eastern violence? No, actually, just the opposite. Uh, if you ask Biden, he'll tell you that he's trying to bring peace, but in effect, he has been encouraging the violence. Uh, all of the violence and the missiles fired on Jerusalem and people being attacked in the streets, uh, that's all from Joe Biden, I'm sorry to say. And the reason is because President Trump took a very strong stand of stopping financial aid to the Palestinians as long as they were supporting terrorism. And that was a very strong stand, a very appreciated stand. The problem is that, that when Biden came into office, he reinstated $300 million in financial aid to the Palestinian Authority. And that aid was reinstated unconditionally. So they're, so they're able to receive $300 million and, and they're supporting terrorism still. They haven't complied with President Trump's insistence that they stop supporting terrorism in order to encourage negotiation. And, and they're now being rewarded by President Biden. 
that is a that is a real tragedy, and it's uh, it's it's increased the violence in the Palestinian streets. It has increased the violence in the Middle East. It has made the four Arab countries that went ahead and made peace with Israel under the Trump administration. It, it has made them feel very uncomfortable because they want to have peaceful relations with Israel, and now the Palestinians are able to. Uh, perform their acts of terrorism with no restrictions and with a lot of financial aid to them, uh, which enables them to do it. And I blame the Biden administration in a big way. All right. Well, David, thank you. It's been great talking to you after this uh, last few years. Uh, Tell people one more time about your book and where they can get it. Well, the best way to get the book, Confronting Radicals, what America can learn from Israel is to just go into Amazon.com and just type in the words, confronting radicals, what America can learn from Israel. And if, if they would like to find out more about my other books, they can just go to DavidRubinIsrael.com. That's DavidRubinIsrael.com. All right, David, thank you. You have a fantastic day. Thank you, Tim. All right, folks, we just heard a live update from Israel. I used to get these uh, updates from uh, David Rubin for a long time, and I really appreciate uh, David coming on the show today and, and talking to me. And uh, I, I look forward to uh, continuing the conversation. On the next half, we're going to have uh, Jordan Stein, and I'll tell you a little bit more about him, and we're going to be talking uh, more about America's rights, liberties, since I've had the question a lot lately, uh, what liberties do we have left in America? Uh, we'll discuss this on the other side. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, it's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Now, never before in our history, have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. It's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America, 
They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans. AmericaOutloud.com is the alternative from the agenda-driven globalist. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. On-demand podcast or real-time talk radio with our streaming apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Thank you, uh, David Rubin, for coming in from uh, Shiloh, Israel. I appreciate it. Um, I know the uh, connection wasn't fantastic, but he had important things to do. This part of the show, we're talking to Jordan Stein. He's the Director of Communication for Gun Owners of America, uh, GOA, a grassroots organization representing more than 1.5 million gun owners and activists. I have a unique uh, relationship with uh, Gun Owners of America. When I was first uh, syndicated talk radio show, uh, I used to talk to Larry Pratt and uh, his children and everybody about uh, Gun Owners of America actually trying to do uh, what the NRA doesn't do, uh, and that's to protect the Second Amendment uh, fully and wholly based on the liberties and freedoms that uh, God had given us. Uh, Jordan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. I, I love it. I'm, I'm actually talking to Jordan through uh, Zoom, and I'm looking in the back corner, and I, I see a rack of guns. So <laughs> I, I enjoy seeing that, Jordan. Yeah, well, you know, at GOA, we, we live the Second Amendment. You know, I'm carrying a gun right now. I own guns. I shoot guns. I hunt. You know, we, we our, our goal at GOA, and you kind of hit on this, is, is to work ourselves out of the job. Right. We would love to repeal every single gun control law in the books, NFA, uh, you know, every single one of them. They, they need to go and kick our feet up and and, I, you know, I could move to Wyoming and hunt for the rest of my life, you know. But in, until then, we have a job to do. And, and that's what we're about. And um, uh, that's what we're, we're going to do. And that's how we, we try to spend our mo- members money in a wise and, and uh, frugal way and, and be as, as effective as we can for the right to keep their arms. You know, I, I find it interesting. A lot lately, 
Um, over the last week, week and a half, I've had a lot of people asking me, messaging me on social media, emailing me, you know, what liberties do we have left? And I did a show on that uh, just the other day. And, and I, I said, we basically have all our liberties. But what liberties have we allowed government to make us believe we don't have? What, what laws have we allowed government to institute that are illegal laws, violating the supreme law of the land, what the founders intended for us, what God gave us in our unalienable rights? Uh, this is the problem we have in America. We have politicians who believe that the Constitution is not the supreme law of the land, and they can make adjustments or changes to it. And this, this has been my problem with the NRA and some of these um, other organizations is they support these politicians that really hurt or restrict gun rights. And uh, that's one of the things I've loved about Gun Owners of America is you guys believe fully in the Second Amendment, but this this administration probably scares me than more than any other administration we've had because they have no love of the Constitution. They have no love for guns. If if they had their druthers, they would take every gun away from every conservative American, every Christian American, every person of faith. Uh, and force us to turn them over. That's where they're headed. That's, you know, they, they don't hide this agenda anymore. They talk about it on a daily basis. So the battle's hard for organizations like yours. You're exactly right. And what GOA tries to do is, is target the, the representatives that, you know, and no matter if they're Republican or Democrat or equal opportunity haters, um, you know, if you vote wrong on the Second Amendment, we'll do everything we can to get you out of office and put a, a strong, uh, no compromise defender of the Second Amendment into office. That's something that we, we pride ourselves on doing. You know, we don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. We care about how you view the Second Amendment. And, and that's what we're, we're about and what we seek to do. And, and this is what some people don't recognize. There are Democrats in states uh, that are representatives, that if they try to attack guns, they're not going to be reelected. So they're not, you know, just towing the party line when it comes to guns. They have to cringe and they say, okay, is this about party now or is this about keeping my job? Because that's what's important to most of these people, the job, the power, the influence they gain. And some of these people, it's, it's, a, it's a drastic mistake to make to join this gun rhetoric that uh, Biden and Kamala Harris is trying to do. You're exactly right. And, and that goes back to a, a lot of politics is local. You know, you, you can make such a big difference uh, at the local level just by being active, just by showing up at a county commissioner meeting or board of supervisor meeting. You know, I saw where half the counties in the United States are second amendment sanctuaries. And, and a lot of that, is is done by local people just trying to make a difference in their local community and you can do some real change but just by showing up and doing things you know you guys just uh, tweeted out uh about the supreme court taking up uh, a second amendment case and they haven't taken up second amendment cases uh for a while now uh can you elaborate more what this case is about yeah, exactly. So this is a case out of out of New York City. Um, and if, if anyone knows anything about New York gun laws, they're extremely stringent. Uh, but this case is more specifically about trying to get a carry permit. And uh, what the Supreme Court has decided to rule on is if uh, a may issue carry permit 
is uh, constitutional or if, that, if that's an infringement upon the Second Amendment. And anyone who knows anything about guns says, yeah, well, yeah, that's unconstitutional. That's an infringement upon the right to keep and bear arms. Um, so we're hoping for, for a positive outcome that we're hoping perhaps to an end of May issue permitting, which essentially uh, requires you that even if you jump through all the hoops when you apply for a permit, the government may or may not issue a permit. Um, and there's a handful of states that, that allow that. But uh, we're hoping that can come to an end. And that would be a massive victory for, for people behind enemy lines in those states where they can actually have a path to carry a gun and defend themselves where right now it's, it's practically impossible. Why has it been for so long in so many administrations? The Supreme Court doesn't change that often, but the Supreme Court has seemed hesitant over the past, uh, I'd say the past 10, 15 years, to pick up and understand the meaning of shall not be infringed. We've had previous rulings by the Supreme Court, older rulings, much older rulings, where they say, yeah, the, the, the Second Amendment shall not be infringed. It's the right of every person. Every person's a militia member. Uh, that's how the founding fathers intended it. Every man, woman, child born should learn how to, how to utilize guns and be able to pick them up for our nation's defense. Uh, Democrats, of course, will tell us since we have a military, we don't need to defend ourselves. Uh, they don't understand that the defense means to protect ourselves from them also. Uh, conflicts both inside and outside. Why has the Supreme Court sort of taken a change during an administration that is so anti-gun? Are they really making a stand for the Constitution, or uh, is this just a, a, a fluke? Well, I think that you know the you you alluded the Supreme Court doesn't change that that often, but we have seen you know three new justices to the Supreme Court, and by all accounts are are largely pro gun. And, and I think uh, previously before Trump came along, um, you know I think uh, like Clarence Thomas was kind of hesitant to take up a a gun case because um, he he knew he didn't have the support from other justices. Uh, you know, folks like uh, guys like Roberts, you really can't count on him anymore these days. But now I, I think they feel where we could get a, a, a favorable ruling. It may be a 5-4 ruling, but it, yeah, I believe they took up this case because they, 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 we can get a favorable ruling for the Second Amendment because the makeup of the Supreme Court has changed. I was actually shocked. I'm, I'm broadcasting from Utah. And Utah just recently signed the uh, concealed carry law, right to carry. Uh, that you no longer need permitting here in Utah, uh, which is shocking to, if you look at our governor was a person who supported Biden and is more left-leaning in a, in a Republican state, just convinced the world that he was conservative. Um, more and more states are starting to make gun sanctuary cities. They're starting to stand up against an abusive federal government, but we need more. How do yeah. we get states to unite? Does your organization work with governors and state legislators, or is it more just on the federal level? We do both. We're, we're very active at the federal level, and we have state directors all across the country who are working in the, in the trenches uh, advocating for, for the right to keep and bear arms. I know 
uh, four states this year have passed uh, constitutional carry, including, you know, like, like you said, with Utah and, and several others have became uh, statewide Second Amendment sanctuaries, which is efforts we've been been fighting for. I, I know Texas is is trying to pass constitutional carry and our our state director, Rachel, is is uh, up to her eyeballs and and uh, and work down there trying to trying to pass that and trying to pass a clean constitutional carry bill that doesn't have any silly weakening amendments. But you know w- w- we saw this wave of constitutional carry states under Obama, and, and we're kind of and we're kind of seeing that again now. Biden uh, is is president, and um, I, I think it's it's showing that these states, you know, we don't want gun control. There is no mandate from from the election or whatever, saying that we need gun control. In fact, we need the opposite. We need more gun freedom. And and it's really encouraging to see these states uh, move in this direction. You know, one of the things that have always terrified me is more Kamala than uh, Biden. Uh, Biden, I I don't believe, is even fully in control of his faculties. Uh, He's To me, he's just a puppet that uh, Kamala and uh, many elites are controlling. And Kamala is not uh, afraid to tell everybody she wants forced uh, buybacks. She wants uh, people to have to turn in their guns. And it was interesting because uh, a lot of conservative who, who got the stimulus and didn't really want a stimulus uh, used this to purchase guns. I mean, gun sales have blown up under this administration again. It's interesting to me. You know, when you have a, a Trump as president, people don't fear uh, the government. Uh, you can always tell when gun purchases uh, start to bloom just how much people fear their own leaders and how they utilize the stimulus checks to go out there and get it. But I honestly don't believe we'll get a full four years under Biden. And with Biden trying to make it so that uh, they can just do a, a straight majority vote on these crucial issues and just throw out every rule that has existed for uh, 241 years in this nation, uh, Kamala would, would do that too. They want to, to stack the Supreme Court and they want to make it to where they know they'll get a tie out of the Senate and then the vice president can break that tie and they can institute laws. Uh, what people don't understand and what organizations like Gun Owners of America is that they teach you just because a law is made by government don't mean it's, it's legal. Uh, doesn't mean it needs to be enforced. And I know there are sheriff organizations all across the country that uh, say they will never take guns away from people. I've even spoke to officers in California. How much do we have to fear if the Supreme Court gets stacked or if uh, they have their way and they just do away with Senate rules? Well, I can tell you GOA's major legislative focus on Capitol Hill is retaining the filibuster. Um, you know, I spent uh, two months or excuse me, a, a whole month, over a month in Georgia uh, campaigning for those two lousy Republicans to avoid this 50 50 split. Um, but, you know, that uh, that aside right now, we need to retain the filibuster. And, and there's three uh, or so Democrats who uh, like to say they're not as, as left wing as the rest of the party, like Joe Manchin and John Test, uh, Tester and uh, cinema of Arizona. And uh, we have been putting immense pressure on those three senators telling them, look, you say 
you you don't support repealing the filibuster. Now hold your word. Uh, no, I know telling a a, a a politician to be honest is quite the tall task. But you know that's the situation we're in, and, and I believe that if we can retain the filibuster, which requires a 60 vote threshold for legislation to be passed, uh, we could kill most of the gun control that they want to get through. So the filibuster is, is the key to stopping their agenda. One of the other keys is these midterm elections, you know, the, the first two years in office. Uh, we need to flip the House and we need to flip the Senate. If we're going to have two years of Kamala, uh, we really can't afford having uh, the Democrats control the House and the Senate. And we know that uh, they're not <laughs> they're not uh, afraid to rig elections. And we need to get our states to stop doing these mail-out votes and make sure IDs are necessary. Uh, and especially the swing states. We need to get Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, Las Vegas to actually uphold their laws that they currently have in place, Georgia, you know, and – this, this is one of those things. Do you guys publish or endorse candidates that uh, will be coming out in uh, 2022 for election? We do. Every, every election cycle, we put our, our voter rating out, um, and, and it is your guide to candidates. And it is solely based upon their views on the Second Amendment. We, we don't inflate grades or give this guy a pass or – or anything like that. We look at their voting records and we look at their public statements. Um, and, and that's it. That is, is how we do it. So you get a no nonsense grade of, of the candidate's view on the second amendment. And we get a lot of great feedback on that. And many of our members find it really helpful. And we encourage all gun owners to, to use that guide when they go to the polls and, and truly look, I certainly have my own concerns about election integrity and, um, and that is a grave concern to me, but there's still no excuse to not go out and vote. Um, you know, we need people to go to the polls and vote in the 2022 elections, both the primary and the the uh, the midterm elections in November, because, you know, if, if if you don't vote, then we know the anti sides voting, whether it's Mellon voting or not. We know they're going to they're going to gonna gonna do it so we need at a minimum to do it and, and truly i encourage everyone to to find a candidate you support and that could be at, at any level whether, whether it's a local candidate for for your state rep or congressional candidate find a candidate you support and, and go knock a door for him um you know go make some phone calls or or just be involved you you, you can do so much um you know, a little work can go a long way with this. And, and it's the least you can do for the Second Amendment. You know, if you care about, about guns, if you care about the freedoms that we enjoy, what little freedoms we had left, right? If you care about it, then it's worth, you know, maybe doing phone calls for an hour a week or, or taking a Saturday and knocking on some doors or, or just doing a, a little bit of work like that. Um, it, it, it's, it's worth your time to protect the freedoms that we enjoy. One more thing um, before I let you go, and thank you so much for being here, but there is an organization called the Lincoln Projects, and the people like the Mitt Romneys who actually vocally came out and supported uh, President Biden, and now he's trying to, to, to flip that narrative and say, you know, well, I can't allow Biden to stack the Supreme Court. Well, without the Lincoln Projects and Mitt Romney's support, uh, we might not have had a Biden. 
How do you guys uh, reflect and, and view, and, and how do you work with people like the the Romneys from Utah? <laughs> well, uh, I, there may not be much working with with folks like that, you know. Um, but I think you need to remind them where they represent. Utah, is, you know, is a pro gun state. I, I would say it just it just you know moved to constitutional carry. So when I encourage people in Utah when they contact Mitt Romney on these things, say, hey, look, we're becoming more pro gun. You need to represent Utah pro gun values in Washington D.C. Um, so that is. That is that's the key uh, of reminding, you know, people like a Mitt Romney uh, where they can come from. And I know he's from Massachusetts as well, but who he represents and, and, the, and the values that you hold dear. You know, I, I've been trying to tell people that, you know, our liberties are still there. We've allowed government to restrict them, but but they can't take them away. Uh, the Constitution's the supreme law of the land and organizations like yours are important because you're trying to defend one of those key amendments. In fact, the the most key amendment that protects all the other amendments and the one the founding fathers were so secure on. So how do people uh, who are frustrated with the NRAs get involved with gun owners of America? Where do they go? How do they participate? Do you guys hold rallies? Uh, You know, how can they get more involved to protect uh, their gun rights. Is there a Utah chapter? Uh, what do we need to do to support this? Because this is a national show and there's people probably all over saying, okay, now how do we do this here? So I would encourage people to go to our website, gunowners.org and just check us out. Um, you know, we do have a membership and that's $25 uh, annually for a year. But, uh, you know, if you don't want to commit, you want to give us a test run, just just sign up for our alerts, our email alerts. And we we keep you apprised of what's happening in Washington, D.C. and and at your state capital and, and across the country. And, and if you like what you see, then maybe you can uh, join up there. But that's what I would encourage people to do. Go to gunowners.org, check us out, give us a test drive, and we'd love to work with you. Now. We need a lot more younger people. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at Jordan, and, and Jordan's uh, one of those younger people that I, I technically like to call the marshmallow age, but uh, obviously Jordan's more intelligent than that. Uh, we need to get the, the younger people involved. I mean, we, I've taken my kids shooting. My kids are avid gun people. My wife's an avid gun people. Uh, how do we introduce uh, younger generations to say this is why it's so important? Uh, do you guys have teaching apparatuses? Is there other things that we can do uh, to get some of these new college age people to get involved? Yeah, there, there's so much that we had to fight against uh, with because people my age and, and younger are just inundated with uh, such you know attacks in the media and the news, and they think they're raised that to think that guns are bad. So I encourage every parent, you know, teach your your kids that that guns are not these evil killing machines. You know, they're just a tool that can be used for good. It could be used for bad. But but to your point, GOA does have a have a college outreach called Frontlines, where we start up college chapters and and try to bring that pro gun message to the college campus. All right. Hey, Jordan, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Um, I'll bring you on again as as this uh, case in the Supreme Court uh, evolves. And if we see them taking up other other cases or if uh, we see senators jumping ship and and get some updates on who to inundate with phone calls to keep the filibuster, uh, that's one of the most crucial things. Uh, Any final words you have for the audience today? Thanks for having me on. You can check us out at gunowners.org. 
All right, Jordan, you have a great day. Folks, this is why we're here. This is what I tell people. Uh, The Constitution needs disciples. We need people who will defend and protect and stand up for the Constitution. People ask me all the time, uh, how much of our liberties are left? Well, all of them. My question to you is, how much of your liberties are you willing to fight for, uh, to stand up and to defend? This is what's important. This is why... Um, organizations like the America Out Loud organization, the network, uh, is crucial to America today because the mainstream media has taken up the clarion call for socialism. Uh, It's unfortunate that uh, instead of reporting news, they, they are now reporting their owners' opinions of how socialism is great and how we should embrace it, and how we should allow the government to have more power over our lives, and how we should allow the government uh, the right and opportunity to uh, dictate how we should do. These mandatory gun buybacks, this stacking of the Senate, uh, everything that comes out of Washington, D.C. should be put under a microscope by conservatives, and we need to stand up. We need to start rallying at our state capitals, we need to start in, you know, inundating our state representatives that, hey, we need to take a stand against the federal government because, folks, they're not just going to get better out of the goodness of their hearts. Trust me, uh, power is one of the greatest aphrodisiacs. And I, I used to always joke that I believe that these elected officials were truly bullied as children. And now they have the bully pulpit. And uh, this is the way to get back at uh, the world is by showing their dominance over everybody else. Uh, We have these people like the Zuckerbergs and uh, Jeff Bezos. And uh, we don't have many of these large corporate Americans who have destroyed Main Street, uh, destroyed the small individual business that are willing to defend liberty. They were the people that were uh, raised believing socialism is the right way to be. And I find it interesting that they choose to live in a constitutional republic, that they don't move out of the United States and go to Venezuela. I'd help Zuckerberg move. I know he'd have a lot of stuff to carry in a lot of boxes, but that would be a worthy investment of uh, a few weeks is helping him pack boxes and get out of this country. Uh, we need to look for the means to share messages and to communicate with the people. Um, Disciples of Liberty, we're going to be starting a, a website. If there's any volunteers that want to help uh, create something so we can get people united, that's what they've tried to do by destroying uh, former President Trump is to take away our ability to connect with each other and stand up for causes and to meet and to rally. And one of the problems Republicans have always had is we always like our own um, issues. Some of us are pro-life. Some of us are you know, pro-Second Amendment. Some of us fight for freedom of speech. And we all have our own causes, and we don't unite the way Democrats will unite. And that is what is tearing us apart as a nation, folks. We have to stand stronger. We have to uh, become everything we need to do uh, to defend our nation. 
when was the last time you've read the Constitution? When is the last time you've read the um, the writings of our founding fathers, um, the Anti-Federalist Papers, uh, the Federalist Papers? When was the last time you spent an hour with your family going over just exactly what the meaning of liberty and freedom truly is as based on the people who created this country? When is the last time you've talked to your family about the sacrifices made by the military in World War I and World War II? This is the problem with Republicans and people in general, is we believe that the world's just going to save itself, that we are America, we're a constitutional republic, and we are safe uh, because of our form of government. That's not true. Our form of government depends on our involvement, folks, and we tend not to get involved until it's too late. Uh, we, we saw it happen during World War II. We saw uh, the Germans uh, take over nation after nation and, and nobody was helping each other because they didn't believe that their nation was at threat. They didn't believe that their race was at threat. And so nobody stood up for each other. And then when the United States and England and everybody did get involved, it was almost too late. Uh, circumstances and God intervened and helped uh, with supply situations for the Germans, or we would have had a lot worse situation in this nation uh, than we would have had. There are a lot of hosts on America Out Loud, a lot of great hosts. I just got on uh, Kathy's show the other day, and, and we did an amazing show. And she's an amazing person. And there are doctors and there are former military people. Uh, there are a lot of people passionate about uh, protecting and saving America's government, saving the form of government that made us so, um, so great a nation. And People say that. You know, I say we were so great a nation. We're no longer so great a nation, though, folks. In my opinion, our nation has been taken over by socialists. I'm going to be doing an upcoming show that you're going to find interesting, and it's going to be totally politically incorrect because I'm going to educate people on how much they really pay towards taxes and what groups of taxpayers actually pay and what they get back. Because uh, unfortunately, there are groups of people in America that receive more from the government than they participate in helping and they want more. Those groups want more. Uh, this is what Antifa is all about. This is what uh, the Occupy movement was all about in America. This is what the BLM is. They want um, more. They don't want to work more. They just want government to give them more. And, and this is a problem. This is the problem is that they are listening to the media, to the large corporations. They are being indoctrinated with socialism and with this racist views. I always find it funny being a conservative. We're always called white supremacists or racist. Yet uh, some of the most anger and hate 
comes from the minorities towards other groups. Uh, Hatred exists among every race of human on the face of the earth, folks. I I don't care who you are, uh, what you believe. Racism um, is hatred, and hatred's going to exist. And our country, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it, allows people to be stupid, allows people the opportunity to be hateful. Uh, that's not always the nicest thing, but that is what freedom is about. You have the right to walk away from somebody being stupid. Uh, you don't have to listen to them. If you're watching a news media and you feel they are totally ignorant, turn it off. But we need to unite, and that's what the, the concept of the Disciples of Liberty was about for me. I need your help sharing this on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and Telegraph, and Frank, and any other uh, social media platform that exists. Uh, You need to participate and have the conversation. Say, hey, I just heard a great show about Israel and about guns, and I want you to listen to it. And here's the link to the podcast because the podcast is released a a day or two after these air. And you can find the podcast on the America Out Loud Network. Get people to download the app and share uh, their passions. They want us to stop talking freedom. That's why they block us. That's why they censor us. Uh, They believe that they can shut down any types of freedom talk by threats. Our founding fathers didn't bow down to threats from England, and we can't bow down from uh, from threats from the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world, folks. We just can't do it. So you get banned for a week or you get thrown off Facebook. Find another way to communicate. If you have a show concept or a show idea, my email is just my name, Tim Alders, A-A-L-D-E-R-S at live.com. You can find it anywhere. Um, the networks is liberty at americaoutloud.com. My book, Origins of Liberty, is a crucial book to go over with your kids and grandkids. It teaches where liberty came from. And until next time, folks, God bless, take care, and defend liberty. Deep into my eyes, I fall free.